Tyler win an MVP this year? I hope so. Uh, you guys are you guys are up to something. This was the worst comments I ever got on a high-rated quarterback, and I've been doing this a long time. Run up pads on, so we're not gonna talk about a whole lot of nothing. Tuesday is sparring day. Wednesday is day that we install everything that we're gonna do in the game, and Thursday we just turn it up a notch, you know. This is the Bad Judge Podcast. It's off-season time, officially. It's officially off-season time when we get into these divisional previews and just start rolling with the takes. And this is like, I like this part of the year because once you get post-drafts, I mean, pretty much after that, these teams are set. I mean, there's going to be injuries, but at, at this point, these teams, they're not going to change very much. The what, Who's on the roster now is kind of who you're rolling into training camp with. Uh, and it's just time to start looking looking into the future a little bit and trying to decipher what's going to happen. We got Lee and Tommy. We are on a fast on track. Iron Gate Studios. We're on a fast track, baby. A fast track to prophecy, a fast track to excitement, and a fast track to a lot, a whole lot of enjoyment and deep conversation about the uh, the 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 status of a lot of these teams in in the NFL, and I'm I am ecstatic right now. I, I every each podcast with each podcast we get closer and closer to kickoff. So I'm so excited to be rolling through these divisions right now. And like I said, man, we're on a fast track to uh, to kickoff, baby. So let's get after it. Three years. This is our third year. It's hard to believe, you know, that uh, we've just been. It all started with episode zero, AFC West, baby. It all started. <laughs> Might have to, might have to, I don't know, might have to listen to that and throw some, throw some bites in. I mean, who knows? God, who knows what was being said during that saying, episode? Well, you guys aren't Cooper Cup fans. Come on. First, well, that was NFC West. But episode was, zero was, was just them boys. I, I would like to say a, a quick plug for myself before we, before we get into the vision. Uh, just posted on the backjudge.com yesterday, my new series, The Overnight Bus. Uh, I told Lee about my time on the overnight bus in Vietnam from Hoi An to Dalat, where I sunk deeply into a meditative state and just went through every single NFL team, every single division in my head and really found myself a little bit. Absolutely, and man. Came up with some takes, came up with some storylines, and I posted the first, first one today, first major thing I was thinking. It's about Two teams, two franchises, I think, are on the brink a little bit in the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Green Bay Packers, uh, two historic franchises who haven't done um, so well over the last few years, not met expectations, and I think this year is a really big year for both of these teams, and I just kind of went through both of them and, and gave my thoughts, so so check it out. This is what the back judge is all about, man, You know, and I, I don't want to get too preachy here, but it is our third year anniversary in some way, and... It's we we're intellectuals, man. We take that overnight bus. We do. And, the and they have to release audio audio book version. Seriously, clubs out that halo bay enlightenment. We're coming. We're coming with, from a different perspective, and you know, boys. And this, this is great, man. This is. I'm uh, I'm ecstatic to to get started to read that overnight bus. I think it's a great name, and uh, boy, this is. Uh, I'm just happy but, to be here, man. I'm happy yeah, to still be breathing. Let's get into the divisions. Let's get into enough the talk. Let's enough AFC, talk. AFC West with quite possibly the, uh, you know, the, the biggest the biggest name in the NFL right now. You know, with the hard knocks coming up for the Raiders and uh, the the management team that they brought in. I mean, this is this is kind they of the biggest, quite possibly the biggest wild card uh, in the in the NFL right now from a lot of aspects. Yeah, the Raiders this offseason bring in Mike Mayock. 
Uh, they totally drafted way out of line with what the analysts expected. They just kind of made their picks and, and rolled with it, namely with the number four overall pick being Cleveland Farrell, a guy who even when he was at the height of his draft stock, maybe back in January, February, you never saw him top five. And he was a guy who just continually fell in mock drafts by analysts, and all of a sudden he's the fourth overall pick. Uh, the other obviously huge move that the Raiders made this offseason was making the trade for Antonio Brown. Uh, I mean, he's an all-level, all all-time great player, although, I mean, he still brings that headache, you know, outside, off-the-field news, tweeting about Juju losing the game for them against the Saints, like all that kind of stuff that just – I mean, I, I remember talking – not, we don't have to get too deep into this because I feel like we've talked about it before, but – if you're a Raiders teammate of his and you just see him going off on some guy who fumbled to, to lose a game and basically ended, ended the season, like, I don't really – you can't feel great about that, that your teammate is just throwing other guys under the bus. Um, so, I mean, whatever, Antonio Brown's there. He's an all-world all talent, but you have to manage that that personality. And, I mean, they've also brought in dudes like Richie Incognito out of retirement. And Von So, uh, like, like – yeah, like I mean, so like, like Tommy said, this is the hard knocks team. They're definitely kind of be along with the Browns. I think that this team is making some of the most noise. Definitely. Just that that is just off the field. And it, well, if right. I if I can piggyback off of what you said, I actually am fairly confident in if anyone will be able to handle Antonio Brown, whatever quote unquote, um, it's going to be the Gruden Mayock team. I think that they would be they're going to be able to give him the amount of leeway that he needs because. Although he just turned 30 or 31, whatever it is, I have no doubt that he's going to be one of the best receivers in the NFL. And I, the, guy, the, way, the way the guy trains and the way that he keeps his body up, I don't think that we're going to really see a decline uh, for the next couple of years. But it's the, the headache's going to come off the field with if they're not winning, where's his mind going to be at? And if Derek Carr isn't playing well, how are they going to uh, troubleshoot those potential problems? I want to start this one off hot, boys. I took, I took, a, I took a big step, and it was liberating. For me, I'm off. I'm off the Raiders, man. I'm I'm off. I don't believe in any of this anymore. I'm I'm t- I'm. There's almost like after the draft, it, there was an asterisk next to it, kind of for me, because it was Mayock and because it was Gruden and because there seemed to be a bigger plan at play. And I'm not gonna let it trick me. And I think this team is continually making the wrong moves. And. I don't think they're going to be able to compete on a level that a lot of people think they're going to compete on because of the moves they've made this offseason. And I think between Antonio Brown, the personality, Richie Incognito, Vontaze Perfect, hard knocks happening for them, them not coming to an agreement on a contract with Josh Jacobs, which is I know just recently happened, but a lot of people aren't talking about. He still hasn't reported because they haven't come to agreement on a contract with him. I just think this... Raiders team is a mess right now, and I don't think it's going to be solved until they're in Vegas. And that is my I have a I have a strong opinion about this. I just think that if you want to get into the schedule a little bit, they start off at home against Denver. The next four weeks is Kansas City, Minnesota, the Colts, and the Bears in London. This team better be coming ready because I don't think there's a real middle ground for Oakland. I think things are either going to go really well or really bad, and I see a much higher chance of things going bad. And I just kind of want to see where your guys' heads are at about the Raiders because I am, at least right now, kind of at a hard sell point. I mean, another thing that they, they did in the offseason was sign Trent Brown from New England um, to, to a big deal. Um, and you're also looking at 
this defense too, I don't think has improved much since last year. I mean, their defense was basically their, I mean, there's a lot of things that went wrong, but the defense I think was the biggest problem with, with this team last year. I still don't think they're that much stronger up the middle. I mean, you did sign Jonathan Hankins, which was, he had some weird contract stuff going on over the last few years, and I don't really know where he's at. You bring in Cleveland Farrell, and that's, I think, a good pick, but at the end of the day, like, is he really a next-level type of player? I mean, you let go of Khalil Mack, and you're kind of like Hall instead of Khalil Mack is Cleveland Farrell, Jonathan Abram, and Josh Jacobs, and whoever you get next year. Um but I don't really think even those guys I don't think are going to make up for the hole that Khalil Mack left when he when he went to the Bears and was traded. Um, you're still pretty weak in terms of linebackers, and I mean I know Brandon Marshall is a pretty good player, but he hasn't exactly been the same player I don't think since the the Super Bowl in Denver. Um, you're still rolling with guys like Tahir Whitehead, Vontez Perfect, who are just like kind of these vet players who have been around the block, but at the same time are they really next level you know great players, and they're not. So, and then you're still shaking your secondary. You're waiting for Gary on Conley to kind of assert himself as a decent corner. And I don't really know if he is that yet. You brought in Nevin Lawson in the off season. And it's like, that's nothing special either. So I just think this team, especially on defense is very much, you know, mediocre. And I don't think they're anything that special on offense either. And just with the personalities and I don't, you know, I don't think Gruden exactly has proved himself that he's, you know, a great head coach anymore either. So that's, um, that's what was going to uh, be my next point. We're granting John Gruden a lot. The NFL yeah. is a prove it league and John Gruden, at least the new John Gruden, because I'm not talking about what happened in the past. Cause that really doesn't matter to me. He has yet to prove himself. And I do not, I'm not going to, I'm done granting John Gruden a higher reign of a bill coaching ability or a higher level of coaching ability because of his past. I don't think this is a roster that is going to be tied together, taught in, in a controlled, disciplined way by John Gruden. And I just think this division is too competitive. This league is too competitive. Their schedule is too competitive. I, again, Derek Carr had a great season two years ago. He's yet to be the same quarterback since. He's been far from it. And, the, and, and, and granting this team that bringing in Antonio Brown, it was highway robbery what they gave away for him, but still bringing in that personality. I know he's uber talented. That's not what necessarily wins games in the NFL. And I do not think this team is going to get off scot-free just by having Antonio Brown and and that connection. And I'm, and like I said earlier, I'm selling because I'm done granting. Are you guys both saying that, are are you pegging them as the, uh, the fourth, they're They're going to finish fourth. I'm not quite ready because we'll get into it. Because I think we all agree. We'll get into the rankings at the end, but I mean, I don't see this team as a playoff team. I'll just go ahead I mean, me too, but I think I'm probably the most optimistic out of all of you guys where I think that this team is better than the Broncos. At least I'm confident in that right now. And I think that much how we've been talking about Jameis Winston, this is a huge prove-it year and a potential cliff year for Derek Carr. You know, like this is a, a dude who, uh, like you were saying, Lee, had the, the MVP kind of uh, loose MVP season two years ago, and then he broke his leg. Um, and I still, you know, this is, I'm, I'm not going to say that I fully believe in him, but I do like a lot of the moves that they made. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be, an awesome player in the NFL and is everything that you want in a modern running back. Bringing in Antonio Brown, I don't think can hurt um, Tyrell Williams. They, they threw money at a lot of talented players, which doesn't uh, necessarily work all the time. Clef, I completely agree with you with their defense. Uh, is is pretty shaky on paper, and they're going to need a lot of production from the guys that they drafted. Jonathan Abram, Cullen Farrell, 
Trayvon Mullen is going to probably be their second corner, I would assume. Um, so I think there's a lot of questions, but I do see this year being an improvement from last year, and I see this team, uh, I guess right now for me, I, I you know. They, they won four games last year. I mean, it better be an improvement from last year. And I don't, when it comes to Denver, we'll get into Denver later, but I, I'm not sure that I see this team as clearly better than Denver. I really don't. And I think that I'm, like I said, when I say I'm off, it's like I'm off. I'm off just granting that Antonio Brown, because he's the caliber player that he is, an elite-level receiver, I'm not just going to grant that that is going to win multiple games against very good teams. You can scheme around great receivers. I don't he, think we're saying that. I don't think anyone's saying that. I, but that's the biggest splash they made all offseason, and that, that really, let's be honest, that is why there's a new optimism in Oakland. Like, if you take that guy off the team – you're not saying the same things about this team, really. And I think that that is why we're talking about them. And I do kind of want to compare them, like you said earlier, Clep, a little bit to the Browns in a way, where it's like you look at these first five weeks. If this team is two and four going in, or, or, or two and three, or one and four going into their bye after the London game against Chicago, where, what is the mood going to be in the locker room? Where, what are people going to be thinking in the locker room? Are they going to be ready to go to Vegas? Are they going to be tired of, of Gruden, what Gruden's bringing to the table. I mean, with hard knocks, with everything, when's the last time a hard knocks team really put it all together? I don't really even know. I didn't research that, and I don't think it's that big of a deal. But it's like all the things coming at different angles to this team I think are more overwhelm, overwhelmingly negative than other a lot of other teams in the league, and I think there's a lot more reason for optimism with a number of other teams in the league uh, than the Raiders right now, and that's kind of why I'm on this hard sell, tra- hard sell train. Let's uh, let's jump to the Broncos now, uh, as the team that finished third in this division last year. They're they brought in Joe Flacco in a trade from Baltimore to uh, start the LJ era in there in uh, there in Maryland. Uh, but I mean, the Broncos to me, other than the Dalton Reisner pick, who I'm a big big fan of. Just a great guy. Rise up. Good, great even foundation. Even we're, even like, we're, we're Reisner guys. <laughs> um, but what, what a trash draft. In that first round, moving back from 10, only getting a second-round pick from Pittsburgh, and then drafting Noah Fan at 20. Like, and passing on that man, Devin Bush. Mm-hmm. T- terrible move. Drafted Drew Locke in the second round, which is just like, we'll see, what? I guess. Like, I, I don't know. That was just really uh, frustrating to me, I guess, for the, for the Broncos. as a team who, I, I don't know, I, I've just kind of been milk, lukewarm, milk toast over the last few years. And it's just, other than the defense, I think there's a lot of bright spots because you have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb still. Um, Kareem Jackson and Chris Harris are, are good cornerbacks. And you brought in Bryce Callahan. Vic Fangio, now the head coach of the team, I think is – probably better than what they've had in the past. Um, so I, I just think that this team is definitely still a few pieces away from being a true contender, and especially at that quarterback position. Yeah, I completely agree, Clep. I'm, I'm another – this is another team where I'm – in terms of this season, I'm a sell-on in, ter- in terms of being a playoff contender with, right there with Oakland. I don't see either of these teams really being playoff contenders. Uh, Meaning like they can't even make the playoffs here? No, I don't think either of these teams are really even going to be in the conversation a third of the, or, or uh, yeah, halfway through the season. I would agree with that as well. Two, three-fourths of the way through the season, they're mm-hmm. going to be looking forward to next year. And I think that Vic Fangio is the best thing that, has, that happened to this team, but it's going to be a process. It's going to take time. Fangio even said it himself in the introductory interview. He said, don't expect this thing to start firing immediately. Like I, I, he's, he, I think he's one of the oldest coaches – 
to be hired and um, have his first head, first year head coaching job. Um, and I just think this is kind of a work in progress. I like. I think Denver's a little bit more organized. If you want to compare them to the Raiders, where they have a higher floor in a way, where they, they their offensive yeah, line can somewhat get that. after it. They've got a competitive defense. But Clep, I really want to stress just with you passing up on Devin Bush at ten uh, or at nine. Sorry, was it nine? Yeah, ten. Uh, no, ten, ten. Ten. Sorry. Yeah. What are What are you thinking? I mean, do you believe I, I'm I'm one of the biggest Josie Jewel guys on the planet, but. You got a man eater at Devin Bush available to, to captain your defense for the next twelve years. Your Vic Fangio. I mean, there must have been something up if you want to trade back and get Noah Fant, who I want to say is their third or fourth tight end uh, on the depth chart. He's gonna be there for. I, I mean, mean, he's gonna be there first, but still, they've got a lot of other guys that are competent enough. Um, but that's, I guess, beside the point. But this is just a team where I don't. I see the ceiling low and the floor relatively high. I don't think this is a team that's going to completely botch their way through the season. I think they're going to be competitive at home. They got a solid defense. They still have Von Miller, who's a superstar. And I think if Flacco can wing that thing around in the thin air, they can surprise some people. But I don't see this team surpassing seven wins uh, any way, shape, or form. And I'll be very surprised if either of you guys have a stronger stance. Well, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I guess my whole thing with, with comparing them to the Raiders, I just I see there's some higher upside. There's with, more pop with the Oakland. There's more yeah. there's more pop with the Raiders, and I'm not. I think Vic Fangio is obviously a great defensive coordinator, but that doesn't. Uh, I'm not going to just assume that that's going to translate into a competent head coach. Um, I you know obviously he has a you know a bunch of experience, and I I like Noah Fant. Uh, I. Agree with you guys that I think Devin Bush would be a better fit for them, but I don't think that's an awful move. Um, I just think I'm kind of with what with what Elise said. You got Joe Flacco. You made some improvements to the offensive line with Risner and Juwan James. The defense got better, bringing in Kareem Jackson uh, and Bryce Callahan. They still have Chris Harris. Like they're gonna they're gonna be competitive. It's almost like a poor man's Ravens team that that Flacco was on, and you still have Flacco at QB. Uh, and yeah, Flacco's bad. Yeah, he is. He is. He is. And the yeah. fact that you have Drew Locke as your backup, I don't think Flacco's not the type of guy that responds well to that. And he's not, you know, if he's going to feel the heat, I feel like, if he's not playing well. Drew Locke's um, going to play some games this year, I think. Yeah, um, yeah I, mean, and, I mean, the thing is, too, it's not like Joe Flacco, other than Philip Lindsay, who was honestly, I mean, great last year and, and just kind of somewhat lucky that they ended up with him. Because just as an undrafted free agent, that he performed that well. Um, other than that, though, you have Emmanuel Sanders coming off a torn Achilles, if I'm yeah, yeah, not mistaken, and Cortland Sutton, who you know flashed at points in his rookie season and was better than I expected him to be. But at the same time, that's a second-year player that you're expecting basically to be your number one receiver. And just to you, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I, and Deshaun Hamilton, I know you are a fan of too, Clep. I think. I was seeing some stats that he was one of the highest used receivers in weeks 14 through 17. So hopefully he can build on that what he did what he did in the last uh, three weeks of the season and become kind of that that real that weapon in the slot. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of all the the, uh, the bright spots that you I can see leave it to season. the NFL to schedule one of those two just bummed out Monday night games. Week one, uh, Denver at Oakland is the is one. Oh, <laughs> it's like yeah. you can always count on them. So is we'll that the see. Late night game? We'll see. Yeah, I think that is gonna. Basically, whoever wins that that game will will, will end up third in the division, and whoever loses <laughs> will end up fourth. That's that's kind of how I feel right now. So, I just think that both of the teams we priorly reviewed are going to be not the doormat of the league, but they're going to lose to better teams. And 
I'm excited to, to move forward to the next page of this division and really talk about who I believe are the two competitive teams in the division and the two teams that are really kind of worth talking about in terms of, you know, what we're going to be talking about when it's cold out. So I haven't fully formed my opinions on the Los Angeles Chargers mm-hmm. at this point, but this was this was kind of a thing that I I, I came to find out on my on my bus, and I think the Chargers are a great team. I think they have some great players, especially on defense. I love Jerry Tillery pick. Love the Nasir Adderley pick. They're just kind of adding to what it was already a really strong unit last year. But I, I think this team can win 12 games. But I'm just I'm, I'm done with them. I've, I've carried the Chargers flag for three years on this podcast. Been super excited about their their chances. Last year was the first year where they really met those expectations, at least in the regular season. And then in the playoffs, I mean, they kind of just scraped by Baltimore and then just got slacked by the Patriots. I mean, that was whatever you want to say that they played two East Coast games. It, they just got killed. They didn't have a prayer in that game from from the from the gun. And I just don't think that this team can do anything more than appear in an AFC Championship game. Yeah, I think that's their absolute high ceiling, and I'm kind of just done being excited about them, frankly, because I don't think that they're ever going to be what what their talent can. And I think part of that is playing in LA, playing in a crap stadium where no matter what, half the up to seventy percent of the of the fans in attendance aren't going to be for them. And I just I just don't think that that's going to be a winning recipe going forward. I, I just don't, and it's it's frustrating because I think that. Anthony Lynn is a decent head coach. I think you have nice coordinators with Wisdom Hunt and Bradley. And I think this team, honestly, just off chalk, off of depth chart, potentially top three in the NFL. Yeah. Just like uh, in terms of talent across the board. But uh, overall, I just I just can't get myself to to get excited about them this year. Yeah, I was just gonna say that like I I definitely top three, but you can make a very good argument. That this is the most talented roster in the NFL especially with the draft that you touched upon, bringing in Tillery and Nasir Adderley to what they already had last year and how um, dominant uh, they were. You know, I, um, I kind of, I'm kind of with you, Clep, that, like, you, last year was kind of the ceiling almost, and how much better can they be than last year? And even if they are, that if they take that next step and they're that much better, um, what does that look like, and how are they going to, how are they going to, uh, you know, compete in those big games? Um, you know, Mike Williams is going to have to have a, a big year this year. He's really that number two guy. Um, but the talent, the talent is really there. But I just don't know. Um, I definitely think this team is going to be in the playoffs. But I just don't know. You know, like I completely, I think I completely agree with you, Clep. That I just think an AFC Championship is kind of their ceiling, and they probably lose to. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it comes down to Phillip Rivers just not being that guy. Like, he's a great quarterback, but he really... I want to I step in. I want to step in here. <laughs> because, you know, I've, I've, been a, I've, been on the char- I've been carrying the Chargers torch, just like Clep mentioned earlier. And I agree, Clep. I'm with you, man. I, I don't think Phillip Rivers will ever win a Super Bowl. I'm, that, that part of my belief is over now. I, and, I, and I think that it's because of the team. And I think it's because of the coaching and their refusal to be analytically sound. And I'm not saying that they need to be the, the, the have a hire a whole analytics department and this is all they need to focus on, but this team, the way they play the game is frustrating. The way they're offensively coached is frustrating, and they coach their, themselves out of games. We saw it in New England. 
I'll just say, bottom line, this Chargers team will never beat the Patriots. They will never beat the Patriots. They can't do it. And I do not see them getting over that hill. I think, Club, we talked about it uh, earlier in the offseason. I think this Chargers team can win 13 games this year and lose in the first round of the playoffs. And I think that they can totally win this division, look great all year, and then they're playing a home game against, you know, the Colts or maybe the Jaguars. I don't know. Somebody in the playoffs who just beats them in the fourth quarter because even beating Baltimore and dominating the whole game, they still almost lost the game. It's like this team is snake bitten and they're in, and maybe it's a curse from moving from San Diego. I don't know what it is, but I did want to join you on. I would take it a step further and say, you can make an argument. This is the most talented team in the NFL. And I don't think it's Phillip rivers fault. I think Phillip rivers is capable of winning a super bowl as a quarterback. I just don't think that this team is. And God bless Anthony Lynn, man, but I think this is the only team in the NFL that doesn't have an analytics department, and they're, they need it the most. They're, they run on first down, they run on second down, and they have third and long. They, they're not great in goal-to-go situations. I just don't believe in this team. Uh, you know, when, when, when it comes down to it and, it and it's a playoff game and you need those plays and you need to be thorough with your coaching and, and what you believe in, I, I think that there's too much volatility. I love that Lynn goes for two to beat the Chiefs. I love stuff like that, but there's just not enough consistency for this Chargers team to really have like an identity. Do you know what I'm saying? They really don't have that identity. And, and I, man, I was confident as ever that they were going to go to New England and shock the world. And I was about as wrong as you possibly could be, and that was humbling. So I... Uh, uh, my final consensus on this team, like I said, is they can win 13 games, but they will not win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's that much more to say. Well, it's, it's frustrating just because of how much uh, the back judge especially has, has pumped their uh, tires. Pump, yeah, pumped their tires a little bit. And a but great draft just, this year too, man. A yeah, great draft for the Chargers, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Also, man, snap- prove us wrong. Prove us wrong. Yeah, prove <laughs> Please prove yeah. us wrong. Please. I would love to see Phil hoist the Lombardi. That would, I would love nothing more, but I just can't continually. It's the definition of insanity. We all know. It's, it's, it's you know, expecting a different result from the same thing year after year, and I don't see enough changing. Uh, and maybe we will this year, but I'm done, I'm done, uh, done waving that flag. Let's, let's move on to Kansas City because I think, I think they have – they just have that X factor, I think, that the Chargers are missing. You know, I don't know. There's that. I just Andy Reid, man. Well, yeah, Andy Reid, and then it comes down to Mahomes, who you know had the season that he did last year, and I don't expect a, a real drop off from him. I just think that he's an absolute gamer, and you know this team. I don't know what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill, but even if Tyreek Hill is not there, I have faith in Miko Hardman to be that that next guy. Um, I think again, it just comes down to the defense, and that was what I was. I think we all were concerned about last year when we were previewing the Chargers that this defense really wasn't that impressive. Um, but they don't. They just they kind of just have to keep their offense in games because you know that their offense is going to bring it. Uh, I think Damian Williams and the running back committee that they have is they just what they lack in talent they make up for in just execution and you know just a system kind of a New England esque just execution-style system where you just believe that they're going to be able to compete, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, I, I have a hard time trying to predict what's going to happen with the Chiefs this year. Ultimately, I kind of fall back on the fact that Patrick Holmes is a great quarterback and Andy Reid is, is a pretty great coach as well. Um, and I think that, I don't know, it's just, I feel like this is one of those NFL traps 
where it's just like, oh, you know, Mahomes and Reed are back together, and whatever happens with Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs are good, and they're just going to, you know, cruise to a division win. Like, it just seems like stuff like that doesn't normally happen in the, in the NFL, and I'm, I'm tempted to change that, but I also just don't like the rest of the division enough. Again, I guess I could pick the, the Chargers to win this division also, but I'm just not that excited about doing that because I don't like their prospects of doing anything that actually means something uh, in this upcoming season. I will say, as far as the Chiefs go, their defense still isn't that good. Um, and they didn't really do much to, to address that in the offseason other than just fire. I can't remember what his name was, the defensive coordinator who um, Oh, yeah, was there. yeah. I forgot his name, too. But they brought in Steve Spagnuolo and kind of just traded away D Ford and brought in Frank Clark, which is, to me, just kind of, okay, just a lateral move a little bit. Maybe Frank Clark's a little bit better than D Ford is. Um, but then you also gave up your first-round pick to do that. And then bringing in a safety, Juan Thornhill, who, okay, second-round safety, we'll see what happens there. And, I mean, you did sign Tyron Matthew, but you're still looking at a pretty weak linebacker core, in my opinion. Uh, and as far as the defensive line goes, it's going to be on Chris Jones to kind of bring in – just be a man-eater like he was last year. So, uh, And I do like Kalen Saunders, a guy from, uh, I think, Northern Illinois – um, or University of, uh, I can't remember. Western nope. Illinois. Yeah, Western Illinois, sorry. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just It's going to come down to Mahomes just being a superhero. So I, that's kind of what I think is going to keep this team afloat, and that's what I'll put my money on. I don't know. I disagree, man. I think this team was winning 12 games with Alex Smith, and I was denying their ability to do it with Mahomes. I, this team has won 34 games the last three years. I love bringing in Tyron Matthew, hungry for a Super Bowl. I love bringing in Frank Clark. He's got that edge to him. He brings that intensity. I think he's a big step up from D Ford. I'm a little bit biased because he went to Michigan, and I loved watching him there, but I'm a big Frank Clark guy. And then bringing in Ugba, and I'm not, I didn't watch a lot of tape on Juan Thornhill, but the Chiefs obviously believe that he's going to be their guy of the future at safety. And then offensively, just the, the slew of running backs they have, the creativity offensively that Andy Reid. I will has. say Darwin Thompson. Darwin Thompson is your boy. Big fan of that. Him in. I just say think, less. And, and and on top of all that, I think this team very well may have the best home field advantage in the NFL, which gives them a huge, obviously, advantage throughout the year. And I just think, I said it before on the on the Cliff Year podcast. I do not think Mahomes is going to have the same season he did last year, which I guess is kind of a safe thing to say because he had a pretty incredible season last year, and if he replicates that it'll probably be MVP again but I don't think I think Mahomes will take a little bit of a step back not a significant step back he'll still be elite as he as we all know he is but I still think this team can win 10 or 11 games and make a run for the Super Bowl they've got a great home field advantage they're one of the best coach teams in the league and I think there's a veteran presence on this team that is kind of chomping at the bit to really make that run and to bring that that trophy uh, back to Kansas City and I think that as, as much as it pains me to say, man, when it comes down to this division in terms of Super Bowl contenders, this is the team. This is the team in this division. If any team's going to yeah. do it, this is the team that's going to string together the playoff wins. This is the team that I, can believe, I, I believe can go into New England and win that game. This is the team that I can believe, with how much I like the Colts this year, it's no secret, can go into Indy in the playoffs and win that game. Like I just think that the, the Chiefs are kind of the team to beat in the NFL up there with the Patriots and the elites of the league. And I don't really think anything has changed about that. And I've doubted them every single time on this podcast, and I'm done doing it. Uh, so I think that the Chiefs are, yeah. Well, I was just going to kind of go up on, you know, just add a little bit to that. And 
it just comes down to that, like, if the Chiefs are going into to Kansas City in the divisional round, like they win a wild card game, and I mean going into LA in the divisional round, it's like I just think they just I just have so much more faith in them to win that game over the Chargers. Uh, I, it just is that X factor feeling that they have, and then I I like what they did to their defense this year, and I think their defense is going to be a little bit better. Juan Thornhill's a guy who played corner and safety at Virginia, so they. He can play a little bit all over the field where they needed they need some help in that. I'm very curious to see if Darren Lee kind of has like a nice year there. They gave him they got him from the Jets really for for nothing, and that was a, a former first round pick. And I'm looking at their schedule right here. They got Indianapolis at home and, and week five on Sunday night football. And they the games before that is Jacksonville, Oakland, Baltimore, and Detroit. And I think they very well can just be undefeated up until then. Their their schedule really isn't too to, uh, and I, I'm not even trying to throw, throw shots, but I'm just looking at their schedule right here, and it just doesn't seem to be that tough of a schedule for how they... Well, looking at it through the Chiefs' perspective, it's like yeah. you are the team to beat. You are the team. And there's a certain amount of comfort, I think, in that, too, just having that roster. And I, I don't know. I did want to say they did lose Mitch Morris. They lost some pieces on the O-line, so it's going to take a little bit of adjusting for them, I think, in the first couple weeks uh, on the offensive line. But... Even if Tyreek Hill doesn't play, man, I think so, not the same as the Patriots, but similar to the Patriots in the way this this Chiefs team is a system, man. And there's a reason why they could win 12 games with Alex Smith. And now they have Mahomes. They have the playoff performer, I think. So I, I don't know. There's way more to be excited about than to be worried about and, in Kansas City. Well, and one more thing I'd like to say is just the bad taste they're going to have in their mouth from that AFC Championship game and literally how close they were to being the Patriots and they know the level they have to be at. And comparing it to the where the, how the Jaguars kind of felt last year, and just how when I compare the Jaguars going into last year and the Chiefs going into this year, uh, like the Jag, I don't, I just like they are that team really that we thought maybe the Jaguars could be. They have the quarterback. They might not have the same defense as they that they do, but this is more of an offensive league. And when you have and you have the head coach, I just think things are just trending in the right direction for Kansas City to be a uh, a real playoff performer. I'll give you a deep. Sleeper. We went over guys that could have breakout years in 2019. Byron Pringle. Wow. All last year. Missed all last year with an injury. Could could replace. He, I, I think he could. I'll say this. You know what? If Tyree Hill misses misses some time in the first half of the season, Byron Pringle more receiving yards than Miko Hardman. Wow. Wow. Ooh. Clap. That's that. That's that prophecy. That's that prophecy. That is that right. prophecy. Um, and and I think I think I think some boys up in the upper deck might have something to say about week four, Tommy. I, I, you already I, I know. Have no idea. We just got, there's going to be there's going to be a little more noise in in, in fourth field. There's We're bringing that energy. up at least four or five decibels. There's going to be an energy in there. That's what, that's all I know. Let's get into how we're ranking this thing. Uh, I'll start off. I think it might be pretty much similar across the board for all of us based on the conversation that we had. But I'm just going to put the Chiefs number one. I'm going to put the Chargers number two. And I think both those teams are going to be double-digit win teams. Um, and I think they're going to be very competitive teams. And I think I think more than likely this team will send two teams to the playoffs um, if, I, if I had to pick between the other uh, AFC divisions. But then – uh, I think you're going to see the, the Broncos come in third, maybe like a seven. I think I see them as a seven and nine team, maybe eight and eight if everything breaks correctly. I'm going to peg the Raiders as a, a nice six and ten squad this year. Um, although I think the Raiders definitely, you know, more so than the Broncos, if, if any of these teams, if any of those two teams I think are going to surprise us, it's probably much more expected that to be the Raiders. Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback off you because I basically have the same feelings. 
I have the Chiefs and Chargers in the one two slot and the Raiders at three and the Broncos at four, but I think both of those two teams can be interchangeable and I feel the same way about I think, you know, if the Chiefs are the two seed, they're they're still gonna go to the playoffs and I think those this, they're both going to send two playoff teams. And I'm really putting the Raiders at three because I just see more potential for pop. And so I'm just going to slot them at three. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go um, Chiefs, Chargers. I think the, the, the Chiefs will probably win 12 games. The Chargers will probably win 11, but should have won 14. <laughs> the the I think the Broncos will come in third. Clap, I'm similar to you, six or seven wins. And then I think the Raiders... Eh, I think the Raiders could be drafting a quarterback in the first five picks in next year's draft, to be honest. I think they could end up with four or five wins this year. I really don't. Obviously, I agree with both you guys that there's definitely more pop in Oakland, and I could be shutting my mouth halfway through the season and seeing this Raiders team uh, soar to, you know, nine or ten wins, but I really just, I'm going to I'm gonna stick to my guns here and, stay, and say the Raiders are going to win maybe maybe six, five or six games. That's the AFC West. 